the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation. This program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr. and welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections. I'm your host, but I'm also the president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where we help all small businesses start, finance, grow, and even exit their businesses. Our offices are located at 25 North 14th Street, downtown San Jose. All right, my special guest today is Mr. Bill Duffy. Bill and I have known each other for a few years. I won't say how many because that'll kind of make us uh, sound a little older, Duff. But I'm just so thankful to have you on the phone. Bill is Bill Duffy is uh, is not the largest black sports agent in the world. He's one of the largest sports agents, period. So it's not about being a black sports agent. He just happens to be black. But, Bill, before we get into your business on, you know, the business of being a sports agent, tell us a little bit about you, Bill, and your journey. How did you become an agent? Well, first of all, it's great to be on the show, Carl. I'm, I'm excited to be on today. Um, you know, it's kind of an avocation. It was just like any young athlete, you know, playing in high school and youth leagues. And I was fortunate enough to get a college scholarship to University of Minnesota. Played basketball for, there for a couple of years. Happened to be roommates with Kevin McHale, who end up being one of the greatest power forwards in history. And then uh, I grew up with a young man by the name of Ronnie Lott. And when I transferred from University of Minnesota to Santa Clara, finished my career there and then was drafted by the Denver Nuggets. Uh, when a basketball career was not fulfilled, I lived with Ronnie and started to work with him more on a personal level and helping him as kind of a manager, despite the fact that we were best of friends. And so that type of exposure through friends and networking it kind of allowed me the opportunity as an entree to, to work with athletes. I was around athletes. I was an athlete myself. So it was kind of a natural progression for me. And, you know, at Santa Clara University, I fortunately had an internship uh, with the San Jose Earthquakes, uh, which was a, a pro soccer team at that time. I was working in the PR department. So I kind of had a, a mind for just understanding sports and, you know, with sports uh, marketing and television deals and merchandising and things of that nature and just I'd say more from the relationships and then kind of my affinity towards sports kind of allowed me to as I said segue into a career as a sports agent. Man that's fantastic man that is so encouraging for other people and we'll talk a little bit about that what type of advice you could give someone young or someone trying to get into that business but let's kind of paint this picture of what does it take to become a sports agent what gifts or skills and and then how do you become successful in this business? Because people are enamored with it, and a lot of people want to become a sports agent. So tell us, Bill, a little bit about it. 
Well, there's a skill set of negotiating contracts and you know understanding interpretations of collective bargaining bargaining agreements, which is very laborious. But in addition to that, it's more of a social skill set. Like my background educationally was in social sciences with psychology, sociology, and I had a minor in public relations. Um, but really, it's this isn't a, a skill set where it's just like uh, you know reading contracts. I mean, mm-hmm. you're dealing with people. You're mm-hmm. dealing with you know, emotions, you're dealing with the media, you know, now in this era, and I've kind of segued into a, this social media, I'm in the vortex of <laughs> social media at its, at its heightened and acute uh, intensity. So I, I think it's really managing people, managing people, managing personalities, fitting people in relationships, understanding roles. Um, so it's it's more probably the sociological element of guiding and, and managing people in addition to having the skill of negotiating contracts and understanding, you know, with the salary caps and things of that nature. Man, that's very interesting, Bill, because um, if somebody looks at this picture and, and I'm just going to point it and I ask you the difference between whether a sports agent is a baseball sports agent or a basketball or hockey or football, but it sounds like you have to be able to deal with the younger people who are actually the clients, and then you're going to deal with adults and owners and general managers. You know what kind of <laughs> dichotomy is that, Bill? <laughs> and what skill set is well, needed for that? Know, well, the psychology, I would say, like um, you know, sports is a microcosm in terms, you know, in terms of society. So, mm-hmm. you know, in general society, we have a lot of fractured families with divorced families. Mm. There, most of the athletes, quite frankly, come from broken homes. So it's an extra burden in terms of just having lack of a, maybe a father figure in many cases um, where we serve that role. You know, they don't have great mentoring necessarily. And a lot of times the athletes I deal with are such great athletes that, uh, you know, they kind of slide through life because they're so gifted. So what we look to do is, is create the whole development. So want to make sure they finish their education, that they have skill sets that exceed their playing time. So when their career's over, um, you know, they can do something meaningfully, whether it's stay in the game or work with the media. But it's always having an eye on the future. Most people are short-sighted in how they plan their lives, but I try to look at the larger picture and kind of the macro vision, and uh, it's, it's worked pretty effectively. Man, that's, man, that is fantastic, Bill. We're glad you shared that because so many people hear about stories about athletes, and right after they're done playing, you know, 75%, 80% of them, you know, become bankrupt. And that's really not a great picture. Is is there any way, Bill, that you as a sports agent, how do you help them or guide them or do you even guide them financially? Well, it's interesting you say that because in the 30 plus years I've been doing this, I don't know one recorded bankruptcy that I've had with any client that I've worked with. And I don't think anyone else can say that, but not that we manage our money because there has to be the checks and balances and you don't want your agent handling your money or working with your account necessarily. There's that, you know, the separation yeah. of church and state, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we do have an engagement with them in terms of how they live and how they spend and how they budget, that's where you have to challenge the client on many occasions. Like, you know, I'm doing this because I want you to have a successful life. And, you know, sometimes discipline is required with the parents or their, their good buddies because people will help you spend your money if you allow them into your circle. <laughs> For so, sure. You know, it's just, it just, I think they really understand we care about them, and it resonates those who are attracted to that type of oversight. And we have a lot of good stories, a lot of real successful stories of guys who have they got their lives in order, they've kept all of their assets, and life continues to be successful, and that's what it's all about. 
Man, I think um, our listeners who will hear this either live or they'll later hear it on a podcast, tell us the name of your company, Bill, because what you said is so powerful that over in 30 years, you don't think you have one client that's filed for bankruptcy. And that is so prevalent in all the other things that we read. I think that is so important. So what's the name of your company, Bill? It's it's Bill Duffy Associates. It's We call it BDA Sports Management. Um, that's one division, and we run about 40 NBA players. And then we have BDA uh, Sports International, which is an international division where we have maybe 100 clients all over the world. So we have a pretty prominent global practice. But, yeah, it's BDA Sports Management. <laughs> I remember the time when uh, I was up at your house. Those people may not have been knowing Bill for about 30 years. And, and I was there, and you were like, shh, shh. But what are you doing, Bill? I'm negotiating a Nike deal for Yao Ming in China. <laughs> and my mind just blew up, Bill. I said, billions of little feet running around with shoes of Yao Ming. So tell me, Bill, how, how did that even transpire with Yao Ming becoming someone that you would work with? So I have an interesting background. My father was in the military. So in 1965 and 1966, I lived in Taiwan because my father was stationed in in Taiwan. Oh. So my younger sister was adopted from an orphanage there, and so she's half African-American and half Taiwanese. Um, so to me, I kind of had an affinity toward the Chinese, the Asian culture. Um, so when I heard about Yao Ming, I, I was recognized some of the areas um, of basketball prominence, you know, where basketball is becoming more popular. So basically through a, a friend who made me aware of him, I flew over there and introduced myself, had access to him when we met, uh, spent a couple of days with him, and we just completely connected right away. And from that point on, we started a relationship that's, that's gone 20 years now, and it's been you know, a great opportunity for me. But also, he always tells people that you know, he considers me a friend for life because I helped his dream to play professional basketball in the NBA uh, become fulfilled. So it's been quite a journey, and he and I are as close as we've ever been. And you know, I love the guy. We talk regularly. So he's head of the Chinese Basketball Association. All of activities with grassroots in China uh, basketball as we speak. So he's doing quite well. Wow. You know, I think um, in that story, Bill, and you know, I've always marveled and just admired you for the type of guy that can build genuine relationships. And if anybody's listening to this. Bill Duffy has been successful for a multitude of things, but one of the things he just said about is building genuine relationships. Duff, um, tell me a little bit about Steve Nash, because I know Steve Nash is a Canadian, and we got about two minutes, but tell tell us a little bit about Steve Nash and your relationship with Steve. Well, Steve is another superhuman being. He just happened to have his fourth child uh, last week, and I got a picture of the child from him yesterday. Steve Nash went to Santa Clara University. As I mentioned earlier, I graduated from Santa Clara, so his head coach, Dick Davey, was my assistant coach. So I had an opportunity to meet Steve. Actually, the first day he was on campus, I actually happened to be on campus. And we just struck up a friendship immediately, and I was in the agent business at the time, and you know I recognized his talent and believed in him. And one of my former teammates at Minnesota was his hero uh, on the that had played on the Canadian national team. So we just connected all the chords and just hit it off and he's probably one of the best people I've ever met in my life aside from being a great basketball player so we've just had this great friendship for all these years and he's been a big part of my success and hopefully I was a contributor to his success so it's just it's just relationships and being humble and letting people know that you can bring value to them and it's for an agent it's really not about 
you as an agent is about how you can empower them and and behind the scenes and make sure that their dreams are fulfilled. So you're kind of a dream maker, and I love being behind the scenes and making sure that the clients, that their their wishes are fulfilled and that I'm an emissary to that, and I, I really get a high off of that. Oh, man. Hey, Bill, before we go to break, Bills, so you mean to tell me Steve Nash is a better basketball player than me? Huh? Uh, but that's a yes or no, well, Bill. <laughs> wow. Well, this, this was a serious show until that last comment. Right, so I think we got to keep it before that. You were a great athlete, but I, I think Steve's arguably one of the top five or six point guards he's ever played the game. <laughs> well, right before we uh, go into break, there's a couple things I really do want to talk to Bill when we get back, and one of them has been a key to me is the connection or the disconnect of athletes and how they sew back into their community. And we want to find out if that's something that agents can or are part of. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of attack that on the way back, Bill. And until then, you're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. This is Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. Brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com, or call 408-288-8806. Now, back to Silicon Valley Business Connections. We have on our show today Mr. Bill Duffy, who's the owner of BDA Sports. And Bill's going to talk a lot about what it takes to become a successful sports agent. You know, everyone knows that uh, in basketball and football, baseball, even now in hockey, African-Americans have done quite well as athletes. But Bill is here to show us how how people can be represented, how they can be represented by African-Americans. And also, Bill, we may want to talk about the many different other kinds of services that people can do if they don't become a player. You know, that's always been one of my things for for young people is that. You know, we have so many of our kids that want to be the next Michael Jordan or, you know, Shaquille O'Neal. But uh, if they knew how they could become a Bill Duffy or a referee, can you talk about, Bill, and we just flowed into that. What other types of jobs or occupations or professions that young people can look into if, if they want to be associated with sports and not be the athlete themselves? So there's a couple things. I mean... Being an agent is is quite ambitious. It's a very difficult job. It's most mostly relationship oriented. There's a lot of agents that I wouldn't say have the great greatest competence, but because they know someone, mm-hmm. they're afforded access um, at a pretty high level. Um, but in the sports ecosystem, there's just any number of them. You know, sports is a multi multi billion dollar industry. So, what does that mean? That means that there's television programming, there's sponsorships with various companies, even Procter & Gamble has a sports division where they work for athletes to endorse their various products. Um, there's the media element. There's you know bloggers that are covering sports. Um, there's stadium operations. There's you know composition of ownership, uh, the business of trying to own a franchise, whether it's a minor league or major league team. So there's a whole litany of business uh, opportunities that emanate from the sports business and ecosystem in general. Another thing that's really interesting is, you know, we as Americans are kind of the model in the sports business. We're Mm -hmm. kind of more pioneers. Mm -hmm. So I I think if you have language skills that you can go in other parts of the world where there's, they're also Mm -hmm. developing leagues outside of the United States. Some of these are international leagues and you're going to see more blending over time, particularly with soccer. Um, But if you have language skills and you have an aptitude for something in the sports ecosystem, there's other opportunities outside of the United States, whether it's in Japan or China or South Korea or Europe 
or even India is going to start to develop leagues. There's an African basketball league that we started. Um, there's just a lot of opportunity globally as well. So it's just the whole ecosystem of sports in general and a whole variety of opportunities within that ecosystem. Man, you made me think of someone we were talking about taking care of the athletes. You know, I was thinking about the, the physical part. There's so many guys now are getting into rehabilitation and how do you train an athlete. I, I mean, I could just, like you said, Bill, it's an ecosystem. It could go on and on. That's, that's, really, that's really huge. Yeah, there's sports medicine, obviously, sports therapists. Um, and there's even a training element, mm-hmm. off-season training, uh, just any number of things. Because the athletes, there's, you know, sports nutrition, I mean, you can go on and on and on. But to be within the whole ecosystem is just unlimited, pretty much, where there where opportunities lie. I know, that's amazing. So let's talk then, Bill. Let's segue into the challenges that um, not only African-American sports agents have, I mean, sports agents in general, but um, African-Americans representing other African-American athletes is one issue. Uh, but I'm sure African-American sports agents would like to represent all athletes. Can you kind of dive into that kind of realm, Bill, and give us a, a view of that? Yeah, I think there's more of an inclusiveness now. Obviously, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years. Um, maybe it was an anomaly to have an African-American agent representing um, a non-African-American athlete. Mm-hmm. But I think that there's more of a blend now because what you've seen over the last 20 years is more of a messing of the hip-hop culture, which is mm-hmm. kind of raceless mm-hmm. because young you know, Caucasian athletes or Asian athletes, they listen to the same music. So there's kind of a cultural affinity now that there's more of a blending. It's more the institutions where there might have been more challenges. But I think as it relates to the athletes, I think there's a lot more openness and receptivity to African-Americans being in that process. So part of it for an athlete like myself who had some access because I was an athlete is to just get your eyeballs off just being an athlete and look at other opportunities within the industry while you're playing because you can have an internship with a team that you play for. You can learn about how the front office works, how they draft players, how they trade players, because you're an insider. They're more likely to give you uh, access to the education because you know, you're know you a viable player in their organization. So it's up to us when you have access to, to kind of focus on long-term opportunities and not just get enamored with just the one element, which is being a player, because that's going to run out. In the NBA, you see a lot of former players who are, you know, executives or coaches. So you have a chance to segue into that. Uh, and I would say that's the case in all sports, in football, in baseball, um, in hockey. Uh, you have a chance through your access to get more involved with the process of every opportunity that's available in the sports realm. Man, I love that. And I love the fact that um, uh, some athletes now are going into ownership. And I know, Bill, yourself, you you and Ronnie and some guys are trying to keep the Oakland Raiders here um, can you share a little bit about that, moving into ownership? Is that something you'd like to do? Well, you know, for sure. I mean, but not not directly, but just to be part of a team. And, you know, Ronnie put together a, a group of which I was included to keep the Raiders in Oakland. And I've never seen someone work harder. Um, and his passion was more uh, doing it for the community as opposed to any monetary benefit to him. Mm-hmm. He's one of the most selfless people I've ever met in my life and is always an inspiration to me. He has been for 40 years because of our relationship. But, um, you know, he's educated himself. He's a Hall of Fame, uh, you know, football player, but just he's a Silicon Valley titan. He's involved with many things in, in the Silicon Valley on top of his other entrepreneurial endeavors. But um, he's a he's kind of a poster child of someone who's translated all of their 
profile to something bigger than just being a football player. And he's kind of a role model for all of us. But you see a lot of examples of athletes. John Elway's done that in Denver. Um, you know, Magic Johnson, obviously, is probably a mm-hmm. preeminent example. Michael Jordan. Now, these are highly successful athletes, but they also had a bigger motivation, which was to have ownership in teams and, and kind of transform themselves from just being an athlete to a mega titan. And those opportunities are available. And you don't have to be a mega superstar once you're on the inside you do have the access that's required. Man, when you said that, Bill, that made me flow into influence. When I think about, you know, the influence that athletes have on youth and other people, let's talk a little bit about that, Bill, about the connection or the disconnect that athletes have in communities, one where they perform or maybe the communities where they came from. Um, but let's talk a little bit about that, Bill. And do you believe, Bill, that that's a function of the agent? Does he, do the agent try to influence them anyway? But give us some, some insight on that. Well, the, the agent is one influencer. They have a financial planner. They have an accountant. And many times they have a, a strong family member. I think far and away that most of these athletes are, are pretty good guys. Um, I Sometimes you have to question the people around them and their motivation. But, you know, I just, it's kind of refreshing when you meet these guys and see how they want to help people and they do have a heart and care about people. It's just unfortunately, Carl, the way the world is right now, there's such a negative spin on media. Uh, they, they want the scandalous stories. They want to highlight, you know, all of the things that, that we're not necessarily proud of, but you just don't hear as, that's just the same thing I said before. We're kind of a microcosm of society. If you turn on the news nowadays, the first five stories are just calamities and they're personal failures and it just sucks the energy out of you. There's a lot of good things going on that we just don't highlight and feature, but that's the way of the world. It's like a, a cultural void on, on promoting positivity. So, you know, I just get frustrated about that because I know there's some very good young men and they just don't get the publicity and some of them don't care for it. Um, I have a player by the name of Jean Rondo who's, you know, considered to be somewhat controversial, but he's one of the most generous athletes I've ever met and he almost mandates us not to publicize it because he doesn't really want the publicity he's not a a hypocrite um, and acting like he's doing this for his own personal acclaim but there's a lot of guys like that that help a lot of people and just don't hear about it wow wow now you represent um, some people locally here like for the Golden State Warriors too don't you Bill yeah we've got some local guys um, you know it's always fun when you have players on the local teams and you get a chance to watch them um, but I'm spread out all over the place, so I don't have any one particular affinity toward one team. It's just we have guys all over the place. Well, you know, Bill, um, we got about a, another minute and a half, and I'd like for people to know, one, uh, how to, you know, reach you if they have an athlete that they think would be a good athlete for you, or what's proper, Bill? How, how do you build relationships with Bay Area athletes? I know through coaches and things, but you know, what would you like people to know about BDA sports that could possibly you know, bring you to next uh, uh, Gary Payton or, or Jason Kidd? Well, in all likelihood, Carl, we'll probably know who that person is when they're quite young, <laughs> uh, just from their type of exposure. So, um, how young? How young, Bill? Give the give the audience a, a, an idea. Do sports agents start knowing these kids when they're in seventh grade, eighth grade, or when? Well, you tend to hear about someone who's a prodigy when they're you know in the fifth or sixth grade. So, 
I mean, every you know, there's social media now, so if some kid's doing something spectacular in the sixth grade, you know, usually my kids will tell me about him. You know, they're <laughs> they're like, Dad, you should see this kid; he's unbelievable. And then I, you know, I may know someone in that area, or whatever. But you, 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 when someone gets in high school, you you tend to recognize what their talent is, and you know, we're one of the top firms. So usually, if we reach out to a family member, or a parent, or a coach, or one of our clients knows someone that knows them, so we try to be very selective because. You know, there's a whole lot of people who have, you know, these these dreams, but there's very few that fit the prototype of, you know, of being a, a legitimate prospect. But, you know, they have to be a good student, obviously, to get through school, and they have to have the requisite, you know, skills, you know, to, to put themselves in that position. So, um, but we're, we're looking all over the world for athletes, and we, we're pretty selective, or at least we try to be. Isn't it amazing that you're looking all over the world? Well, we're almost out of time, Bill. And is there anything, one five-second five or ten-second comment you'd like to give us? Yeah, well, you and I were talking earlier about, like, the family dynamic. And, you know, one thing I'm happy about is, you know, I have I have five children, and I've married this beautiful wife of mine who Gorgeous. allowed me to, to, Gorgeous. Create this, to create this business <laughs> and to raise five children, and they're all doing pretty well. And hope the Lord continues to bless them. But... I think just having balance in life, you know, I put a lot of time and energy to, to become successful or accomplished in my field, but it has not been to the detriment of my children and they know how much time and energy dad's put into their lives. So what a good I've been papa. very blessed and I hope, I hope to continue. And I attribute a lot of that to having friends like you, Carl. <laughs> well, thank you, Bill. Well, we, we really hope everybody enjoyed this. You know, you can see this under blackchamber.com and this has been Silicon Valley Business Connections. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. and brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. Or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected. Silicon Valley Business Connections. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.